The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. You know, yesterday was interesting in all the weirdest and kind of subtle ways, and don't worry, we'll dig it all up here in just a minute. Good Tuesday to you all, everyone. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Apologies for the show coming out about an hour later or so than usual. Just some other things that needed to get wiped out this morning before we could dive into the podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I've had many of you think that it was funny that I learned military call letters for it, so I'll do it today. The last name is Bravo Echo Sierra, Bravo Romeo India Sierra. I don't even know if that helps at all. Even if it doesn't, it is for your amusement because any of you that have seen a picture of me knows that I wouldn't last five seconds. Forget the military, any kind of strenuous phys- physical activity. This is a hoop ball presentation, hoop-ball.com, the website at hoopballfantasy on Twitter. Hopefully you guys have taken me up on uh, my suggestion to go follow that news feed. Many of you have, it looks like. There's been... Nice little bump in followers over there as well. And one other one I want you guys to follow here at the beginning of the show. This is the, hey, start the show by asking you something small. Follow at Hoopball Gaming. At Hoopball Gaming. That is our betting Twitter feed. So any of you out there that are doing any sports betting, follow at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. That is where myself, Devin, who's just a, an absolute wizard at, he handicaps everything. The man's a maniac. Uh, our buddy Vince Miracle, you've heard on the show as well. Troy Markowski, Brew himself, all of us doing stuff over there. Um, not to be left out, the great Eric Arzumanians. Who the hell am I forgetting? I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. My buddy Mike Larson. I know I'm forgetting one person, and I'm going to feel so bad. And that's what happens when you interrupt yourself in the middle of a thought. But anyway, Hoopball Gaming, that's where you go for all the gaming stuff. And I will tell you more about that when we get to our Tuesday night preview portion of the podcast. Today want to thank you guys at the start of the show for the ratings and reviews we've been receiving on this podcast. It has been uh, quite favorable. I'm, I'm extraordinarily grateful to all of you that have taken the 90 seconds to go and do that. We cleared the 600 review barrier, which is just insane. That is insane, guys. You guys did that. You guys did that, and I am so grateful. So let's keep it going. I guess I can set a new goal. I, you know, I thought it would take us longer to get to 600 from whatever we were at 560 something. Now we're at 605. So if any of you still haven't done it, let's try to get to 615. That's the new goal here of ratings and reviews. Thank you again to all of you that have done so uh, over these last few years of Fantasy NBA Day. Monday recap time, we'll try to focus on the things that are most relevant. I know I get sidetracked, kind of lost in my own thoughts, but I do think that the process, the thought process, as we debate who's a pickup, who's a watch, this type of stuff, that's relevant because I'm hoping that as you guys listen to this podcast over months and years or whatever it happens to be, you start to feel more confident in making these calls yourself. Houston got blown out in Charlotte. The Hornets, by the way, boy, I you know, I had the over on them for season win totals, and it's looking more and more like I didn't go over nearly enough. Charlotte's looked good. They're 12 and 13. Yeah, I know 12 and 13 doesn't jump off the page at you. That's the sixth seed 
in the clunko Eastern Conference these days. Boy, is that a top-heavy conference. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, I had the Hawks under 500, and they are, and they're also right there in the playoff hunt. Meanwhile, the Raptors, who quietly now have gone 6-4 and four in their last 10, are the eighth seed at 11-13. and 13. The Heat will probably get it going at some point there, although, you know, that's a... That's that's a weird season for them after that deep bubble run. The Knicks are not dead. Pacers, Celtics, Nets, Butts, Sixers. I think those teams you can pretty much pen or pencil in. Sixers, Bucks, they're way out in front of everybody right now. Anyway, uh, this is the sidetracking that I'm talking about. I want to try to eliminate it. On the Charlotte side, the LaMelo Ball starter experiment is going swimmingly. 24-7 and set, uh, 10 with t- seven three-pointers. Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, those guys rolling along right now. There's no question on on that front. We'll talk about the more fringy guys. Cody Zeller, 10-7 and seven in this ballgame, which was serviceable, but not great. He played 26 minutes in a blowout. Might have seen another few minutes down the stretch, although, uh, again, with P.J. Washington getting his health back, I, I do think that the, the run for Zeller, and we've talked about this before, the, the run for Cody Zeller never lasts forever. Every year I get excited about him, and every year he ends up getting hurt or fading or whatever it happens to be. And I think you'll see a little bit of that coming up here in the not-too-distant future, but just keep riding it until everything falls apart. Miles Bridges at 19-10, and 10, he does this every once in a while where he goes on a few games Starts to rebound a little bit more. That's always the key with Bridges. He's number 127, by the way, in nine cat right now. Two games in a row, double-digit rebounding. On the season, he's at 5.5. So, look, I mean, it's pretty easy to spot the outliers for him this year. And, you know, one of them came with no P.J. Washington. He will peter out. It happens every time. The thing about... You know, the difference here between, say, a Miles Bridges and a Cody Zeller is that Miles Bridges is 15 years younger than I am. So, you know, one of these times, he could actually just kind of wake up and keep going. But if you look earlier even this year, and if you look at last year's game log, he has these two weeks stretches where he scores in double figures in three, four games in a row, and he grabs double-digit rebounds in one or two games, and he gets some blocks. That's always one of the things. He just gets these bursts of energy. as all, and, and I'd like to blame it still a bit on youth, but he's not been in the NBA for a few seasons. So you'd think his body would be sort of beginning to settle in. Like last year, he played 65 games and 31 minutes of ball game. So like he's, he's, his body is prepared for an NBA season now. And yet you still get these very clear energy bursts for Miles Bridges that unfortunately have not to this point in his young career been sustainable for more than about two weeks at a time, five, six games, and then he disappears for five or six games. He's always going to be over-rostered because he's athletic and we see these flashes and it's like, okay, maybe this is the... No, this wasn't the time. And, you know, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the burst of energy that lasts longer than two weeks. I don't think it will be, but there's always an outside shot, particularly with a a young guy that could just start to be something new. So I still don't think he's going to end up as a uh, a nine-cat guy or really a a 12-team guy on the season. 
Although he's close because he's been healthy so far this year, so he's sort of compiling a 12-team year. But from a per-game basis, I still don't think it's happening, but you just never know. So really keep a close watch on that. And then the other guy to talk about is Malik Monk, who had 14-4-5, two steals, two blocks, two three-pointers. Uh, don't don't get it twisted on Malik Monk either. Listen, I, he's, he's a points league darling because he's out there just chucking away. And remember, it happened last year. When he gets playing time, he'll take shots. Dude is not bashful. He's averaging eight shots in 20 minutes a game so far this year, which, you know, it's not an insane number, uh, but he's, he's rarely going to get cheated on field goal attempts. The thing that we really shouldn't get twisted about, you know, two blocks is that's like a month quota for Monk. So that's not happening again anytime soon, regardless of minutes played, because, you know, we know who he is on that front. This is his fourth year in the NBA. He's averaging 0.2 blocks a game. He also doesn't get steals. So two steals yesterday. Let's not get crazy about that either. Assists, if he were to play, you know, full starters minutes, he might get up into the three range, but the five yesterday was also an outlier for Monk. What you can expect out of him, if you're picking him up and using him for any reason, is probably a dozen or more points as long as Devontae Graham is out. That's it. Houston side, we're keeping an eye on Daniel House, mostly. He started this game in... Uh, the, the Rockets kind of went big. They moved all the depot down to run point. And uh, House slid in as another kind of 3 and D wing alongside Jay Sean Tate. And among all of those guys, Tate, obviously the starter right now, even when this team is fully healthy, he's in there at small forward to begin the game. P.J. Tucker is your starting power forward, but he doesn't do anything at this point in his career. I'm wondering if he wants to be traded, but because the Rockets... They've been okay. They're backsliding a little bit here. Boogie, obviously, he's fine as long as uh, Christian Wood is out. That's a pretty easy one. I I'm holding out hope that Daniel House can kind of overtake Jay Sean Tate, and maybe he doesn't even need to be in the starting lineup. Maybe jumping in with the reserves and getting 11, 12 shots a game is actually the key to sustainable value for House. The beauty of Daniel House right now is that He's not at value at the moment, and he's also not particularly heavily rostered. He's only 16% rostered. He got picked up in a few places yesterday because he's now, you know, he's had basically a dozen points three games in a row. He's got eight three-pointers over those three games. He can do it on decent percentages because he's very much a Houston kind of, a Daryl Morey, frankly, kind of guy who plays defense, takes threes, and layups. There's basically nothing in between so he can get the field goal percent up to, you know, 44-ish range while relying heavily on his three-point shot. Doesn't shoot free throws very well, but, um, eh, well, you know what, let me scratch that. He's been inconsistent at the free throw line, but he's been okay. And then you hope that minutes played can get him to about a steal. If he could get to around one, that'd be swell. Although, oddly, he's not been as great a steals guy as I think Certainly in my head, I thought he was at, you know, 1.1, 1.2 career. He's at 0.7 in 26 minutes a game and 0.4 blocks. So maybe the upside isn't quite what I wanted it to be with House. I think perhaps in my mind, I thought there were more steals than there are with him. Uh, but if any one of those fringy guys has a pathway, it would probably be House. We don't, I don't think Jay Sean Tate's going to be able to do enough. He doesn't, he doesn't really shoot the ball from outside. The steals and blocks, there's a possibility there, but the percentages will hurt him. Let's finally move on to the next ballgame. We spent a lot of time there. 
inexplicably. Toronto lost Kyle Lowry to back spasms at the end, eh, midway through the first quarter, and they just turned to more starters, basically. DeAndre Bembry picked up a few extra minutes, but for the most part, Freddie Van Vliet, Nat, uh, Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell, those guys all played minutes in the very high 30s, and it was enough to get the win. I don't know how long they can do that. The fact that they're finally winning some ball games, you know they're going to be pushing their guys a little bit right now. Chris Boucher saw decent playing time, even against Jonas Valanciunas. That's a good sign for him. Uh, but, you know, with Toronto basically missing someone at all times, suddenly Norman Powell's become a really useful fantasy player because he's streaming regardless of who's injured. It was OG Ananobi for six games. Now, if he comes back, Kyle Lowry will be out. So Powell's basically at a starting spot now for about three weeks in a row, despite technically being the team's sixth or seventh man. Whatever. Meanwhile, Freddie Van Vliet, I mean, what, what an absolute insane year that dude is having. Anyway, no real changes on the Toronto side. For Memphis, JV back and back in a big way. This second game back now. 27 and 20. 2020 game. How about that for the big fella? Grayson Allen is back, coming off the bench for the moment. Desmond Bain, currently the starter for Memphis at shooting guard. We'll see if that holds for the Grizzlies. Uh, Gorgie Jang has vanished. Xavier Tillman has vanished, so we can stop worrying about those guys. Tyus Jones has vanished in a tighter ball game. Not that this was all that tight. Toronto kind of pulled away late, but it was competitive. So at least we got a better look at what they were doing here without DeAnthony Melton. Question I have for this team is, when Melton comes back, how do the minutes get split between Bain, Melton, Grayson Allen? Is DeAnthony going to get to separate himself in some way? Does he pull from uh, Dylan Brooks at all? I actually don't think so. I know Dylan Brooks has his offensive massive inefficiencies, but he's actually one of their better defensive players, and uh, so that'll keep him on the floor even when he's taking terrible shots. Slow-mo seems like he's pretty well locked in. Obviously, Ja, JV, those guys are all good to go. And Brandon Clark wasn't there for this ballgame either. So uh, that meant a little extra front court time for Anderson and a few extra minutes for JV. And Javier Tillman probably takes another hit when Brandon Clark comes back. So there's still a lot of outstanding stuff with Memphis. Obviously, with Brandon Clark, you're hanging on. This is a great free-throw shooting game for these two teams, by the way, unrelated to the fantasy stuff. These teams both... Uh, proficient at the foul line for one night. I'm hoping Grayson Allen's the guy that gets dinged and or Bane, but it really could be Melton. He could end up back in that 19-20 minute range, at which point back into a pumpkin again, which is a shame because he was great when he was playing 26-27 minutes of ball game right before he hurt his shoulder. Washington, without Russell Westbrook, wins again. I mean, it's crazy at this point. Beal, Big ball game for Bradley, just running the show. And, and, I mean, this is a terrible fit. Davis Breton's got to start, played 38 minutes. That's a good sign. I know he didn't shoot the ball all that well, but it's a really positive piece of news that he was able to sustain a full competitive basketball game, and hopefully that means he's going to stick in that starting lineup. My guess would be that as Westbrook comes back, it's Aul Neto that moves out. By the way, it is pronounced Haul, like an H. Alex Lenz started, played 21 minutes, 13-7, two blocks, missed some free throws, and that's always going to be an issue for him. He's not a good foul shooter. Rui Hachimura, empty double-double. That is the Rui future, probably, right there. If they clear guys out of the way, he'll be scoring, he'll be rebounding, and he will not be doing a whole lot else. Ish Smith played a ton off the bench. His fantasy game remains super limited. 
Robin Lopez, 27 minutes, but it doesn't really matter how much he plays at this point. The reason I'm spending so much time on on the Wizards is that there's almost no way they can move Westbrook. So he's going to be in, and you can seemingly fade them when he's in. But the guy that I'm hoping this is a start of something for is, is Bertans, because he hasn't looked himself so far this year. We know he came into camp out of shape after an injury, uh, had COVID, so again, still trying to rebuild himself. He's a... He's a really easy buy low, actually, right now. And I don't know if people are going to look at yesterday's game and not be willing to move him because he played big minutes. But this is a guy that's, like, he's not even inside the top 200. And I'd be floored if he didn't just go on, like, a top 75 run at some point, just banging in five three-pointers a game for two weeks straight. So uh, go get him. If you need three-pointers out of a center spot, he should come pretty cheap right now. Presuming you're not trading with someone else who's listening to the podcast, I guess. Uh, with Westbrook is also a buy low. I said that on yesterday's show, so we're not going to repeat ourselves. Chicago side, um, I mean, devoid of front court players at the moment. The Bulls are trying their best to stop teams from getting to the rim. And to their credit, the Wizards only shot 42% in the ball game, but got 36 free throws. The fouls partially because guys were just getting by. Doesn't change a whole lot. The thing we were watching for on the Chicago side was, is there anyone not obvious that would step up with no marketing and no Wendell Carter Jr.? Because right now, Thad Young is a must-start guy. He's cruising. Zach Levine's been awesome all season long. marketing has been great all season long. The Bulls have actually had a lot of guys that are kind of sitting right on the cusp. Like, Kobe White is wildly over-rostered in fantasy right now. I have him in a, in a points league and I feel okay about that. 15-5-5 five, and five is good. Two threes is fine. No defensive stats at all. Terrible field goal percent. Like, he has gaping issues with his fantasy game. Not a nine-cat guy. Denzel Valentine started, had a good ball game the last time out. This one came back to earth a little bit. He's not going to do much, really, besides try to hit some threes. Patrick Williams is probably your guy as the extra. Who's going to be the guy who moves from one side of the cut line to the other? Because, again, no Otto Porter Jr. in addition to the Wendell Carter Jr. and Lowry Market in absences for Chicago. So someone has to play big, and they're asking the rookie to do it right now. Tomas Sadoransky has made a little bit of noise, but not enough. Not enough. Uh, Minnesota-Dallas. Minnesota went on a furious run late in this ballgame to make it interesting, but couldn't quite get over the hump. Malik Beasley had a 30-burger. Anthony Edwards, 22-2-4. Two steals, two blocks, three three-pointers. He's been really good. Last two weeks, top 80 guy. You guys yelled at some, not all of you, not all of you listening to the podcast, but a few of you yelled at me on Twitter. I got yelled at on some shows that I was getting ahead of myself with Anthony Edwards, but when a number one overall pick gets put in a starting lineup, you just sort of have to go with it and see what happens, even if you don't start him. Ricky Rubio played 34 minutes in this game. D'Angelo Russell did leave in the first quarter with leg soreness, and it's looking like that kind of year for D'Lo, which is a fat shame because I have him in a couple places where I thought I was going to be punting either turnovers or field goal percent, and he's not been worth it anyway. Ugh. Brutal. Brutal, D'Angelo Russell. I went against everything I believe in on that pick, and uh, I don't know if he's going to miss any time. Who knows at this point? He's a frustrating player in... So many respects. But maybe this is a moment for Minnesota to just sort of turn it over 
and say, Rubio, you orchestrate. And uh, Beasley, Edwards, Cat, if you come back, you guys just go nuts. They've been playing better, to Minnesota's credit. They've been much more competitive their last five or six ball games. They've been kind of a covering machine here against the spread. Fantasy-wise, yeah, I mean, you could add Rubio after this one. Playing 34 minutes is a really big deal. That's, that's way up from season mark, which is around 23-24. If he's playing 30 minutes, he's an obvious fantasy add. I don't think this sticks. I think they played well with him on the floor late in the ballgame. And so, you know, they just kind of rolled with it. So, uh, no, like, you know, even the last week, he's still outside the top 130 in 27 minutes of ballgame. But if there's any trend developing here, you'll want to kind of be out in front of it. Because he is a guy that can make a difference with his assists, with his steals, uh, even if he's not scoring, even if the other stuff doesn't really come around. So keep that in mind. He's uh, probably call him like a speculative ad at this point. Kind of see what shakes out. Right? Just figure it out on the fly. If he turns back into a pumpkin, the next one, so be it. Josh Richardson's actually put a few decent games together for the Mavs. More efficient here. Still no defensive stats and uh, oddly not many three-pointers either, but he's he belongs on rosters. I'll give him credit. He's been good enough to get on rosters these days. Kristaps kind of had his coming out party in this ballgame, but uh, no massive changes on the Mavs side. Tim Hardaway, Kristaps, KP, or uh, Luca, excuse me, those guys are all on rosters. Kleba still fringy, not good in this one. Dwight Powell played better, so that that had an impact. And then Richardson is your sometimes kind of maybe guy. Warriors lost to the Spurs, 105-100. Warriors turned the ball over 20 times in this ball game, and everybody was guilty. Bad, bad job taking care of the basketball. Draymond, at least, has been better lately, despite the five turnovers. Spurs side, DeJounte Murray, eight steals. That leads to a lot of easy buckets, which they needed because the Spurs didn't shoot the ball well. Jakob Pertl, good game, filling in for Aldridge as long as he's out. DeMar, good. Keldon's hit a bit of a rookie wall. Derek White seems like he kind of ran out of gas, and he's going to get the second half of this back-to-back off for the Spurs. But uh, no real changes on either side in this ballgame. Cleveland made it interesting with Phoenix. This game was, I think, a, a narrow Cavs lead until... Pretty late. Ballgame ended up basically right on the number. Cavs went to their big package again. Jumbo package. Drummond and Jared Allen, each with starts. Isaac Okoro was the small forward. And then again, no real adjustments on this team. When Kevin Love comes back, you'll almost definitely see him start at power forward. Like, the fact that Larry Nance is out makes that decision a hell of a lot easier. And the Cavs really need offense. They just, I mean, they have no shooting at all. None. Mikael Bridges, 22 points again. Damn, man. Devin Booker finally had a big ball game with no Chris Paul. Pretty easy one-to-one correlation there. Etwan Moore has carved himself out a pretty big role on this Suns team. I admit, I did not see that coming. (laughs) Um... He's not going to start at point guard when Chris Paul's back around, obviously. But it does seem like he's moved basically in front of every other backup guard on the team. You might see Etwan Moore play enough to be a deep leaguer even when this team is healthy. He, like, he could actually be in the 24-minute range. 
Not a 12-teamer. Not close. DeAndre Ayton played well, 15 and 16 with three blocks. Volume is still down for him, and that that's unfortunate, but that's a good line. That, that one, you'll definitely take that one. And now on the year, he's at number 69, so slowly but surely working his way up the ranks. Probably not going to get into the teens the way we hoped, but very, very easily could get into the 30s if he keeps this up. Milwaukee-Denver, another game where the, uh, well, frankly, the better team pulled away late. Dante DiVincenzo getting back on the right side of the ledger here. Last couple of ball games, he's been better. Denver side, Millsap had a good one, so my, my buddy Jamichael Green did not. And that's what makes him a fringe center, because he's not going to be good every night. Will Barton had his rare wake-up game. Didn't do him any good. Michael Porter Jr., I don't know, maybe he's not fully healthy. It's possible he hasn't fully recovered. It's my best guess there. It's probably a buy low. And finally, the Thunder and Lakers in overtime. Boy, Lakers are not good without Anthony Davis. They found a way in this ballgame, but without AD, they're just they're not they're not the same team. He's he's the guy on defense that sort of makes them ferocious. And obviously LeBron on offense. I've said the word obvious a lot in today's podcast. I apologize for that. LeBron, yes, of course. He carries the offense. Uh but Without AD, the defense really suffered for a while. They finally did kind of clamp down a bit later because OKC just doesn't have that many options. But the uh, the streamers performed for the Thunder in this ballgame. Hamadou Diallo had 20 and 11. He only missed one free throw, which was important because that and turnovers had kind of been the things beating him down. Shea was great. No surprise there. Darius Baisley had a better ballgame, although he did go just 7 for 21 from the field. You'll accept it. Because he went for 21-16, and 16, but it's, again, a, a not-so-subtle reminder that even while going 21-16, and 16, something was weighing his fantasy game down. He had the 53rd best line of the night, according to Basketball Monster, which is hard to do when you're putting up those types of big points and rebounding numbers. Folks, I want to take this moment here in the middle of the podcast to remind you of our buddies over at mybookie.ag. Use promo code HOOPBALL when opening a brand-new MyBookie account. So you can follow all of our guys over at the Wager Pass. Use that promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. It unlocks a 50% deposit match bonus. But more importantly, it unlocks a Dan Bespris bonus. Open an account. Make your first deposit, whatever it might be. I think you can go as low as $20 if you're using Bitcoin. I think it's $40 or $45 with a credit card. And then hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. And tell me, Dan, I just signed up for my bookie and made a deposit. And I'll say, cool, I've got a prize for you. You're going to love it. And then what are you going to do? This is all a story, by the way. We're telling a story during this middle part of the podcast. What are you going to do once you get your my bookie? Well, you're going to bet. You're going to bet on games slowly, methodically. And you're going to do it with the help of our guys over at HoopBall Gaming and the Wager Pass. HoopBall's Wager Pass, just $9.99 a month, $0.33 a day. And you get plays from seven, and we're actually growing, analysts all in one place. So each analyst you're paying for is about $0.04. That's it. A little more than $0.04 a day per analyst right now. And that's a bad way to do it because you can't, like, lop them off. Uh, most handicappers out there charge $25 to $50 for one play. We charge $0.33 cents for seven people's plays for one day. 
$9.99 a month. And right now, it's a great time to do it. The great Vince Miracle is on one of the most insane runs I have ever seen. He's up 25 units in the past eight days, including four big winners on underdogs on the money line. So plus money dogs, also a prop parlay that hit. He's gone nuts. He's gone nuts. 25 units in eight days. What a run. Troy, over 15 units. Devin, up seven. I'm up a handful on the year. We're having so much fun. We're doing it smart. Slow, methodical wagering. No gigantic players. We're not putting five, ten units on anything. Just slowly grinding out profit during an NBA season. So jump on with us. Wager pass, $9.99 at hoop-ball.com. And then jump in the Discord channel. And this goes for everybody, but if you get a wager pass, you get the wagering Discord, where we're just talking betting all day. I'm in there because I love talking betting all day. Uh, the Fantasy Pass, that is a Discord. The DFS Pass, which is only a buck ninety nine a month. I know not many of you guys are DFSers that listen to this thing, but $1.99 a month is stupid cheap. Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about the Tuesday card here. We've got um, kind of a fun one, actually. I like this Tuesday card more than I like the Monday card. Brooklyn at Detroit. Pistons back home off a long West Coast swing. Brooklyn still without Kevin Durant, the efficiency lord of the manor over there. So they're going to have to try to find a way to do it with Harden and Kyrie, who's expected back for this one. A couple things kind of butting heads, gambling-wise, at least in this ballgame. Does Detroit have a letdown coming home? They did go 0-4 on their trip, so they shouldn't exactly be in uh, take-it-easy mode. But that does tend to play a little bit of a role. For Brooklyn, they went bigger, bigger last time without KD, starting both DeAndre Jordan and Jeff Green. We'll see if that happens again in this one. Piston side, uh, does Wayne Ellington come back and play? Maybe we got a reason why he suddenly cooled off because he was hurt. This would be good to get him back. Josh Jackson was playing well. Can Ellington regain that floor spacing role where he had been so wildly successful? Nixon Heat, little rematch game here. Sounds like Derrick Rose might miss one here uh, while they wait on Dennis Smith Jr.'s physical, so probably not playing tonight, but I am interested in what he does once he gets over there. He's a fantasy ad for me because, well, Tom Thibodeau and his old buddy. Miami side, I do think Kelly Olenek ends up inside the top 100 this year. You guys can keep, I'm going to keep planting my flag in that, and you guys can hold me to it. We'll see what happens. He's been very good again lately as he's been able to move to a uh, more facilitating role, worrying less about offense, doing more with his time. Having Jimmy Butler back does change things for the Heat. Uh, Nick's side, you're also watching Reggie Bullock. Is he going to continue to yank minutes away from Alec Burks? The point guard situation you can sort of put a pause on until we see what Derrick Rose does to those guys as well. Nerlens Noel's health also on the docket. He was originally slated to be out, then he got upgraded to questionable, so we'll see what happens there. Houston in New Orleans, they flip-flop who's resting in this game. John Wall, Eric Gordon will play. Victor Oladipo now is out for the Rockets. Pelicans favored by six. They've been running warm lately, largely thanks to Lonzo Ball playing better. Really, that's been one of the biggest things for the Pels. I think the Pels win. Covering six is a pretty good-sized number. It is. Uh, there is a little revenge there. Remember, Houston beat him up in New Orleans about two weeks ago. Warriors-Spurs is a rematch. Golden State favored by one. This may have something to do with Derek White being a uh, DNP rest coming up this evening. It might just be because Spurs are a little bit on the older side. Who knows? Warriors aren't spring chickens either. 
Uh, Fantasy-wise, there's, there's really nothing in this ballgame. Orlando in Portland. Blazers home off a long road trip. Sounds like Dame is probable, so that's good for Portland. You can saddle up your normal streamers on the Blazers' side. Orlando likely to be without Evan Fournier, so they are really cut down to their prime again. It's basically Terrence Ross, Vooch, Cole Anthony against the world. Orlando's going to need to get something out of these other guys. They're fortunate to be playing a Portland team that doesn't do much defensively, so they might be able to score enough to make it a ball game, but boy, they are. Orlando stinks these days. Ugh, gross. Philly at Sacramento, Sixers by five on the road. Kings have been playing really well, but from a fantasy standpoint, there's really nothing in this ball game. And then Boston in Utah, waiting on the status of Jalen Brown. I think they were hoping he would be back for this ball game. Final game of a five-game roadie for Boston. They're two and two on the road trip so far. It's a couple of things at play. Sometimes the last game of a road trip is a letdown spot for teams. I think the Celtics are going to be fired up if they have Brown back because it looked like they played pretty tired in Phoenix, had a little time off to get rested. Jazz have just been beating the snot out of everyone, but they are ripe to be overvalued here very soon, and maybe it's already started to happen. Fantasy-wise, not a ton. Not a ton. Boston, you know, it seems like Daniel Tice is going to be the guy, at least for now, in the big man slot that hangs out above the fray. And then otherwise, if, if Brown is back... Do they go giant? Do you see Grant Williams in there? We'll see. We'll see. They might go big and go Tyson, Tristan Thompson. Thompson's job just to muscle with Rudy Gobert for a few minutes. Not that he can make him pay for leaving him on defense, but anyway, that's the way that goes. Uh, Betting-wise, there's just a lot of stuff going on with the, the travel angles, with the rematch angles. Almost every game has a has at least one of those things besides Philly-Sacramento. That's the only game that doesn't really have a specific emotional, motivational, travel scheduling type of angle. I think every other ball game has at least one. So that's cool. Six out of the seven games, we're working with something. I will have my bets, of course, in our wager pass top play thread. I always put my leans out on Twitter, so hopefully you guys have been enjoying those as well. Uh, tomorrow, maybe we'll do a mailbag show. I haven't done one of those in a while. If I am, I'll put it out on Twitter. If not, I won't. And there you go. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Again, uh, no recruiting pitch this week. We're leaving that alone. All the stuff from the last few weeks, if it resonates with you this week, hit me. I'm still listening. You know, sales, team pods, whatever, all that good stuff. If you were thinking about it and you're like, I need Dan to just tell me one more time to do it. Okay, fine. Write me in. At Dan Vespers on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Uh, but a lot of our stuff is filled up, and you guys will listen to me do these recruiting pitches for too dang long. So you don't have to today. Thanks again to mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Hit me up. Let me know. I got a prize for you. That's that. Enjoy your Tuesday. Back at you tomorrow morning. Toodaloo. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.